It is important that we talk about how men control you because it's not always going to be the obvious ways that we see described to us when we're discussing domestic violence, coercive control and ways to spot potential abusers. There are often more subtle ways that unfortunately slip under the radar and that is what I want to pay attention to today because it matters and you know some people who are aware that I have this podcast might think oh she's so negative she hates men she just wants to see women be lonely and single because something awful must have happened to her and it's like well you know what I don't think that the rebuttal of something awful must have happened to you is necessarily something that can discredit a person's perspective. Because actually, if you're saying to a woman, well, something awful must have happened to you for you to think this way. (gasps) So you agree. So you agree that women are subject to patriarchy so much so that there's a possibility that almost every woman you meet will have had something happen to them. And as a result, their perspective will have been affected by the misogyny they live through every day. So you agree that something must have happened to women. I wonder what that something is. Is it patriarchy? Is it the wind? Is it misogyny? Is it the water? What is it? Hmm? (laughs) But aside from that, the first subtle way we're going to talk about that men use to confuse you is confusion. Men use confusion to control you. I have experienced this and I know the feeling well enough to be able to empathize with women who are dealing with this. You have to be really vigilant and you have to pay attention to the patterns. Men will use confusion to control you because a disruption to their consistency is what will make you start to stop and think, wait, what's going on here? Something has changed. And usually that confusion is intended for them to buy themselves time. Whether that's more time of yours to waste or more time for them to decide if you are even a viable target. Sometimes men will confuse you through confusion by blowing hot and cold. So the instances where a man might blow hot and cold could be, let's say you've been dating him for a while and he suggests the idea of you moving in together. And then you get all excited about it. You might even go as far as looking at houses on right move. And then he changes his mind. (laughs) And you now feel embarrassed that you got really excited about the idea of moving in together. And then you find yourself feeling upset that he's changed his mind because that feels like rejection. And it feels off that he would just go from really wanting to live together to no longer wanting to live together. And there hasn't really been enough of a change for you to identify why. My theory on that is if a man says he wants to move in with you and he changes his mind, it's because he found you clingy. 
And it's usually the men who are avoidant. And you know what they say about avoidance. Yeah, avoidance always end up almost, they almost always end up with the anxious attached ones because opposites attract. And I think there's something fascinating about observing relationships where an avoidant and an anxious person are dealing with each other. For me, you don't even need to tell me your attachment style for me to be able to, to gauge it, especially because most women are anxious anyway and most men are avoidant because of how men and women are socialised. I'm not saying that you won't come across men who are anxious attached and you won't come across women who are avoidant, but the nice girls, the pushover girls, the pick-me girls usually are the ones who are anxious and those are the ones who men can use confusion to control because when someone is anxiously attached they form their trauma bonds of men through a man blowing hot and cold of them. And usually the hot looks like love bombing and the cold looks like complete detachment. And the oscillation is so frequent that the woman doesn't want to let go of the version of the man that she wants to remember who was romantic and who was devoted to some degree and who was talking about all these fantasies about what they want to have together in the future. And that's why you have to, you have to be strong mentally, because the en the enemy will use confusion to disarm disarm you. <laughs> I just think confusion is a weapon, guys. And if you're not somebody who is quick witted and on top of your observations, men will use confusion to disarm you. As a former anxiously attached babe who still would say that anxious attachment is my secondary attachment style. So I'm now secure. Praise God, hallelujah. People can actually change their attachment style, guys. I am a living testimony. Praise God, I'm a living testimony that you can go from anxious attached to secure. No, it is not an overnight process. Yes, you're going to have to be a villain in some people's story, but I promise you, there is a version of you that exists out there in an alternative reality where you are secure in your attachment to men. And what does secure mean? Secure just means healthily detached, guys. In my personal definition and experience, you're looking at someone who is secure. Okay. Meaning the prospect of love doesn't keep me bound to anything I don't want to be in. If something is going well, I can let myself enjoy it, you know? Like, I can enjoy dating a man when things are going well, but I will always be one foot in, one foot out until I have ample reason to put both feet in. Because sometimes I think that we are actually, as women, taught that we should just jump in and just, you know, there's no love without risk. And I'm like, um, I don't see why you should risk it all for just love from a man. And also... Love from a man is put on a pedestal that doesn't it doesn't even deserve. Like the love you have for yourself to me still trumps the love a man can have for you. Like the love a man has for you is supposed to be an enhancement and an echo of the love you already have for yourself. So I don't see why a man pulling away and pulling himself back in should be a viable tool of control if you already love yourself. So that's why confusion works on women who don't love themselves and you are easy to control if you are easily confused. And if your confusion manifests in you becoming emotional 
that means he's got you. Ah, Jesus. You know when you be having them emotional outbursts and you be, why are you treating me like that? One minute you're like this and then the next month you're like that. I just don't know any... Eh? Girl, pack it in. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, stop letting these men witness your unravelling. I still stand firmly on the belief that, look, it's okay to have emotions. It's actually okay to be an emotional person, right? It is very fine to be sensitive. I am a very sensitive person, which is why I've learned that if I'm going to be a sensitive person and that's not changing anytime soon, babe, then I have to be highly protective of myself. I think people like to use this phrase of like, oh, you're only like that because you're scared of being hurt. Duh. I don't know anybody who walks down the street being like, I am not scared of a bus randomly hitting me. If a stray blade were to randomly fly through the air and slice me in the neck, that wouldn't hurt at all. I am not nervous about any kind of pain at all. If I needed my arm amputated, I wouldn't opt for any painkillers at all because I'm not scared of pain at all. Like, it is part of the human condition to be scared of pain because that's part of what enables our survival because pain usually is associated with danger. So when people try to use the whole, oh, you only, you only think like that because you're scared of being hurt, that's not the aha moment you think it is. That's not the gotcha that you think it is, though, because, duh, I don't know anybody who's like, I really want to be hurt today. I really want to be disappointed. I really want someone to break my trust. Like, what the hell, girl? So, yes, if you love yourself, then you should be afraid that if you do not keep your quality control in place, something can infiltrate like a fucking virus in your computer and ruin the hard work you've done. Yes, I am scared of men hurting me physically. Because you, have you heard that men kill women? Did you know? Have you seen? They're out here killing women, you know? Uh-huh. Not only do they kill women, if they don't want to physically kill you by strangling you or slide tackling you onto a train track or stalking you, and then murdering you very slowly by keeping you tied in a cellar for years, then some of them, they like to take the non-violent, non-physically violent approach of mentally tearing you piece by piece. There are men who revel in rattling you for the same reason that snow globes exist. Do you know what a snow globe is? If you don't know what a snow globe is, a snow globe is simply a decorative festive item that essentially is made of glass and it is in the shape of a globe and it's got fake snow and maybe even a fake snowman inside it. Might even throw some fake trees in there. So you've got a little snowy scene inside this globe and the purpose of it is to pick it up and shake it because it's got water inside it and when you shake the snow globe, what happens to the fake snow in it? The snow goes up and then it slowly falls down. 
And there is no purpose for this snow globe to exist other than for you to enjoy the aesthetic beauty of watching the snow settle back to the ground inside this mini snow globe. That is the same thing as when a man revels in rattling you. Men just enjoy the power that they have in finding a woman, shaking her like a snow globe and watching her mentally disassemble. There is no other purpose behind it. They just enjoy it. So are you prepared to be a snow globe? Are you willing to let a man just bring disarray into your life and you're going to take it lying down? Couldn't be me. And you know what? I know people say you shouldn't say couldn't be me, but I be I believe in affirmations, guys. Affirmations shouldn't just be used to say twinkly things like, I am brave, I am kind, I am smart, I will be a millionaire one day, I can do all things that are hard. Whilst those affirmations are useful and important and you should try and incorporate those in your life, I also believe in going a step further and being gutsy enough to convince your psyche that it couldn't be you. Because the more you repeat the saying, couldn't be me, couldn't be me, you're actually convincing yourself that, you know what, it actually couldn't be me. And you're also trusting in God you're trusting that God will not allow it to be you. You're saying couldn't be me from a place of confidence in the Holy Spirit, but confidence in yourself and knowing, huh, that couldn't be me. I know it couldn't be me because my God will not allow it. Amen. I know it couldn't be me because I will not allow that to be my life. I will rather live the life I'm living now than to find myself in a situation as draining and stupid as that. Could not be me. Could not be me. People say you shouldn't say couldn't be me because it's kind of like bringing bad luck to yourself because you never know what situation you'll find yourself in. I hear that, but I also rebuke it. You have to rebuke certain things. Sometimes couldn't be me is another way of saying God forbid. Sometimes couldn't be me is another way of saying I actually rebuke it. That's not my portion. In Jesus' name, it couldn't be me. Back to sender. So... I'll give you an example of couldn't be me. Bogey crying in front of a man, begging him to take you back. Couldn't be me. Having a mental unraveling in front of a man because you're tired of the way that he's ignoring you and treating you and confusing you by blowing hot and cold. Couldn't be me. Let me tell you why it couldn't be me because I'm way too self-centered for that. I am on the I'm teetering I'm teetering on the line of sociopath guys and you know what sociopath is usually used to describe people that harm animals and are apathetic that's not what I describe as sociopath because that's the more extreme version of that spectrum when I say sociopath yeah it's because people keep calling me that because anybody who is not easily swindled by the idea of love anybody who's able to just disconnect quickly and detach quickly from others you're called a sociopath Whilst I wouldn't personally describe myself as a sociopath, I intentionally use the wording of I'm teetering on that line because I take the characteristics of sociopath that I think are positive and I leave the rest. I'm not trying to be out here harming animals or harming people. I don't care to come into someone's life and deliberately cause disarray for no reason. I don't revel in that at all. I don't enjoy that. What I would say I learn from sociopathic people is their ability to detach 
once the thing no longer serves them. And what I admire about some sociopathic people is their ability to be so self-centered that they're not concerned about making other people feel special by hanging around too long. Because one thing about sociopath is like they'll pretend for as long as they need to and then once they stop serving them, they'll disappear. And sociopath, in the way I'm describing it, and narcissist are very similar. Now, again, I wouldn't use narcissist to describe myself. Maybe other people will. The reason why I don't use narcissist to describe myself is because like, I have a deeply, deeply empathetic streak for genuinely like seeing other people's feelings and perspective and if you know me personally then you know I'm not an aggressor in it so I don't even need to defend myself but what I'm saying is that confusion shit don't work on me because I'm not saying that I can't experience confusion what I'm saying is what men intend to get out of creating that confusion they don't get it with me because once you behave in a way that confuses me I'm taking that as a clear communication I'm taking that as a clear sign that, okay, you are trying to take the route of breaking in through the back door because you've politely knocked on the front door and no one fucking answered. And that metaphor is pointing to when men try to toast you and try to be fake nice, i.e. they're knocking on the front door politely, you haven't answered the front door, you haven't opened the door, i.e. you've not responded to their fake romantic advances. They're going to go and try and kick the back door in by then using passive, subtle ways to get into your psyche by confusing you, i.e. they will be heavily loading it on you, the romance, the flirting, and then when they see it's not working, they start to detach and deliberately ghost you, but they'll still be watching your stories or they'll still be engaging passively here and there. So they haven't cut you off per se, but there's enough distance for you to feel confused. And what they want is for you to reach out to them because that's confirmation that you have noticed a change and now you're chasing them because of the confusion they've created. No, because that's control. That's passive control and I'm not, couldn't be me because I'm too self-centered for that. I'm too vain for that. My ego is actually too big for that. When it comes to men, my ego is massive. Now, when it comes to women and my friendships with people, including men, I'm actually so different. Like, I promise you, yeah, I feel like I need to fucking get someone to come and vouch for me here. Because <laughs> you might not believe it, but I'm a very... I'm fucking loyal, babe. <laughs> I'm a very loyal person. <laughs> but aside from being loyal... I give people chances. In friendship, I give people chances because I, I like to believe it. I pick quality friends, guys. I'm not going to lie. My taste in friends fucking slaps. I'm not saying that my friends are perfect. I'm not even saying that I'm perfect. I'm saying that I'm self-centered. But in my friendships, I know how to be the person who will make accommodations for my friend if maybe they're like just not picking up on um, the pace we're used to in our friendship or if... I do something to upset my friend. Like, I'm happy to grovel. I'm happy to put my energy into, let's talk about this. Like, I'm happy to send paragraphs, you know? Like, that's what I'm, all the energy that I don't give men, it goes somewhere, just not to men. Like, <laughs> the relationships that I care about get a lot of my attention. Like, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, what I don't give to men, it goes somewhere else. That's what I'm trying to get at here. But when it comes to how I deal with men, 
I'm I employ more of like the characteristics of a narcissist, um, meaning that it's all about me because you know what you've come out of your way to come and try and flirt with me because you want to have sex with me. You've not as a man come to me to flirt because you think I'm a lovely person and you would really really love to enhance the already amazing life I live just out of the kindness of your heart and you don't want anything in return no you're flirting with me because you want an ego stroke and this is why again confusion is the key word here be careful of the guys who use that confusing approach because sometimes yeah the men who flirt with you but it never really goes anywhere it's because they've already got a girlfriend and they're using you as an ego stroke or they're already talking to a lot of women and they're using you as an ego stroke. That's why you have to learn to stop replying. That's why you need to behave like a fucking sociopath and just detach out of nowhere. Because when you're the night when you're the nice girl that they're used to interacting with, and then out of nowhere you just start leaving them on red, or you just start ignoring them, they become fixated on you because they're like, huh? This is strange. Why is she acting like that? Now I'm intrigued. And the thing is, I don't do this to get men to like me. I don't do it to be like, I'm going to reverse engineer it so he's going to have a crush on me. No, I do this because I'm self-centered in my dealings with men because I've learned that being self-centered will get you way further than being a fucking pushover. Because what did I say before? They think you're stupid. When you're doing, when you're doing, oh, I'm a night, you know, he was flirting with me and he disappeared. And now he's come back. So I'm going to be like, where did you go? Oh, I missed you. They think you stupid. <laughs> Word to scissors, grandma. They think you stupid, girl. <laughs> and when a man thinks you're stupid, he becomes more relaxed in his pursuit of you because he's counting down. It's only a matter of time before you give up the nun. So when men are being calculated, their aim is to control you. They want to control how you see yourself, which is why some of them, they'll give you compliments. Um, but they don't want to give you too many compliments. That's why if you're dating a man who is taking you out and he's not complimenting you, don't go on a date with him again. Don't do that to yourself. A man is supposed to make it clear that he's blown away by how good you look. He knows you look good. He doesn't want to say it because he doesn't want your head to get too big. Isn't that weird? You don't want the woman who you fancy to think highly of herself? Hmm. Wonder why a man would not want a woman to think highly of herself. What? Hmm. What could the reason be? Hmm. It's almost like if a woman thinks too highly of herself, he can't take advantage of her. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? That's why a man who is not consistently flattering towards me, I'm not going to be around him. Why? Because I'm self-centered. And I like when a man is a fan of me. As you should be. You you want to fuck me. You're supposed to be a fan. Why would I let you look at my pussy if you're not being a fanboy? You mean you want to get the AAA backstage experience, but you ain't paid for the VIP package? Why would I let you here? Hmm? Hmm? 
We don't do that around here, I'm afraid. I'm I'm so sorry. Um, but you need to be careful of men who also will like use the approach of grandiosity. Because again, this is that whole thing of confusion. Grandiosity is, you know, grand gestures, whether that's big compliments or him making these big promises about how he wants to do X, Y, Z for you. Maybe he might even, if he's like a public figure kind of guy or a celebrity, he might even take you to these like shiny events that he goes to, to have you feeling gassed. Like this could be your life if you stick around with me, pretty lady, you know, and give you the preview of the gassed feeling of walking into an event with him and it's you and him and you're, Mm, you're feeling good about yourself they do that on purpose to market you the lifestyle that they're going to dangle above your head but if you're like me and you're a woman who knows how to find yourself in rooms like that regardless of a man then they have no power over you in that arena whatsoever another form of grandiosity is the more common ones like you know they might take you shopping or they might take you on really nice dates or buy you gifts um and then still kind of ghost you or still blow hot and cold with you. That's why it's like, look, I actually do agree when people say money isn't everything. Guys, we're having the same conversation. Money is not everything, but neither is love. That's why I need both. <laughs> but money isn't everything. For me, you see how people say that like, oh, they a man needs to be tall for them to date him. You have your reasons why you like tall men. I find tall men attractive, but that's not going to be enough of a reason for me to date him just because he's tall. I find men who have money attractive, but that's not going to be a reason for me to date him just because he has money. I find men who are intelligent, attractive, but that's not going to be the sole reason I'll date him just because a man is intelligent. Because a man can be intelligent, but he doesn't know how to make any money and he's not romantic. So what am I doing with the intelligence? Fucking Socrates. Hmm? Aristotle. What are we discussing? Just like how a man can be tall, but if he's not generous, if he hasn't got money, if he's not funny or kind or intelligent, what are we discussing? And just like how a man can have money, but maybe he's not attractive to me, um, he's mean, maybe he's even stingy, maybe he's he hasn't got good hygiene. What am I doing? I'm not staying for anything that doesn't suit the life that I want to have. All I'm expressing is that money is a non-negotiable for me. If you're a man and you're trying to move to me, you better get your money up and you better have your life in check before you come here. You should come prepared before you come to me. That's all I'm saying. So the grandiosity, I don't fall for the grandiosity. If anything, I like to think of myself as in a bit of a, a bit of an advanced player where I might even, just for the shits and giggles, I might even play into the grandiosity because this happens as well. This happened to me before where like, you know, a guy has taken me shopping, giving me money. I know he's being grandiose. I know that it's going to run out very soon, but I'm playing into it because it's like, look, <laughs> you think you're playing me. I'm playing you at your own game because I'm going to leave with more than I came with. So I win regardless. You didn't sleep with me. Not her breast was pressed. You didn't get anything you wanted from me. But I got what I wanted from you because I clocked from early on that you're going to try and use money and gifts to entice me and try and control me by pulling away and then pulling in again with your money and gifts and then pulling away. But you don't know that me, I can live without men's attention. 
However, if you're going to pull up and you're going to be giving me gifts and money, I'm going to pretend like, oh my God, you are so sweet. I'm going to pretend like I'm part of your game too. And when you disappear, I'm out like you died. So now your game didn't work and you've put yourself in a position to lose me. And now it's clear that your intentions are very obvious, but I've gotten the money and gifts and you didn't get any pussy. You didn't get to see my breast. You got nothing. So who is the idiot out of me and you? Right then. So sometimes it's about seeing what men are doing and flipping it for your own benefit rather than letting men confuse you, letting men control you because you just want to be loved. Another way that men control you is they be dangling marriage and babies over your head and you be falling for it. And this is why I don't believe in barebacking men just because you like them. This one is tricky though, because I get it, guys. Like, I get it. Like, let's say everything is in place. Like, you like him, he likes you, he's nice to you, you're actually sexually attracted to him, there'll be a temptation to bareback. My thing is, at your own risk, babe, because you know you can get pregnant from having bareback, right? So, if there's a chance you're gonna get pregnant, can this man afford, because I'm gonna remove that nonsense. If you put a baby inside me and you're not somebody who I believe is going to financially take care of me or if I don't even, I'm not even ready to have a baby. First of all, I'm removing it. Thank God that I have the access to those rights in the UK. I'll remove that. But second of all, can you even afford to take care of me in the process that will unfold after I remove the nonsense you put inside me? Because abortion still has a recovery process. It's not just the one procedure and that's it, off you go. There's a recovery process. You're going to bleed for a while. You're going to still have the hormones of being pregnant for a while. You're going to still, you're going to feel all kinds of complicated emotions. So you deserve to have a very well-rested, attentive atmosphere to go back to. If you're not facilitating that, why am I backing you? Because my thing is, yeah, when you're barebacking guys and you're not even in a stage where you're sure he's going to want to commit to you in any form of what that word means, you in danger, girl, and they think you're stupid as well. <laughs> I'm telling you, they think you're stupid because they think you're doing that for everyone. And again, this is not to sex shame and, and make it seem like, oh, if you're having unprotected sex with various men you're discussing this is not that i'm referring to what men think of you and how that affects the treatment they give you especially if you want a particular treatment from men men perceive bareback differently to the way we perceive it whilst you perceive bareback as bonding they perceive bareback as this is the final boss level stage of access to you they feel like they've got you now like this is it bareback bareback first of all yeah as a dominatrix i can tell you that by the time i get round to barebacking someone the levels of jumping through rings of fire tap dancing on hot coals spinning plates, charming snakes that you're going to have to do to get to the bareback version of bareback. Guys, guys, 
from when I don't even let guys kiss my actual feet without them being a footrest first. And even when I let men worship my feet, they're only allowed to kiss the surface of the shoe. They're not even allowed to touch skin. Their lips are not allowed to touch the skin of my feet until I give them permission to do so. And even when men are kissing the skin of my feet, they're not allowed to go above the ankle without my explicit permission. And if they want to put my toes in their mouth, that's a separate consent they have to ask for. And then if they want to kiss the actual leg, that has to stop at the knee. And then if you want to get to the... F like, guys, come on, there's levels to... No, guys, come on. <laughs> guys! Again, I'm not saying this to be slut shamey because that's not what we do around here, okay? Everyone has a different approach to sex. What I'm saying is we view our actions in one way and men view our actions in another way. So if you think that you're just being free-spirited and casual, men just see you as accessible and... There's nothing wrong with that if you're doing this with someone who actually cares about you. But if you're doing all this bareback and deep intimate contacts with men who haven't earned it and men who are confusing you and blowing hot and cold with you, they just think you're stupid. And it's not nice for a man to think you're stupid because once a man thinks you're stupid, the effort drops because he believes you're still going to hang around anyway. And so with the whole thing of dangling marriage and babies... That conversation becomes very techy when you're barebacking them because they now know that you're emotionally attached to them because you've gotten emotionally involved. And this is another thing. I'm heavily against being emotionally involved with men who haven't given you ample reason to be emotionally involved. People just be emotionally attaching themselves to men because they have an idea of what they want their life to look like. And then now that they've gotten a glimpse of that, you become emotionally attached. They think you're stupid. They just think you're stupid. And stupid is not a nice word, but there's no other way to explain how they see you. Because when someone thinks you're stupid, they think you're easy to take advantage of. And once you're emotionally involved, you are easier to take advantage of. And the confusion works more on you when you're emotionally involved because now you're like, oh... I know I should leave, but I'm gonna we I'm gonna try and we have to work on it. Work on what? What's we have to which one is we have to work on it? We? We? Who is we? Because it's the man who's the one that's blowing hot and cold of you. So what do you mean by we have to work on it? He has to work on it. And you know what? There's no has to work on anything. Because once a man has gotten too much access, just consider it done, just throw the man away and start again. It'd be like that girl, gotta charge it to the game, let him go. Let him be someone else's problem. It's okay, in it. Just take the L and move on. The sooner you move on, the sooner you'll find what's meant for you. Because the longer you're clinging on to that man, yeah, talking about, talking about something, we need to work on it. That's less time you're going to have with the men who are actually meant for you. And notice how I said men who are meant for you. Not man, because I don't believe in limiting yourself to the idea of just one man being the man for you no but you gotta think big bitch gotta be thinking big in this lifetime you will come across various people who will resonate with you because if you think only one man will resonate with you what if he dies what are you gonna do then because you've bound yourself to the idea that only one man is your man no you are a beautiful intellectual enticing being who can resonate with many 
And you will come across many men who want to treat you real good because you are attractive and you are stunning and you pull in that treatment. These are the affirmations you need to be swearing over your life. Not be, not be thinking the one. The one? What about the 10? What about the roster, baby? Because you know what? You got, what, 70-ish quality years of life on this earth? One? Because then that means you're now going to have to rely on just one person being that reality for you. When actually, you can look at it differently. Where it's like, of course, I get it. The idea of, like, finding your person. But if you're a lovable person, you're going to be receiving love from the directions that find you, in it? Like, no one ever says to you, you should have one friend. Isn't that weird to say to someone, you should only have one friend? It's the idea that you're meant to have multiple friends because friendship is integral to the human experience and it matters to be able to connect with people. So in the same way, that's how I see male lovers. You know, I feel like I'm very in the realm of Eartha Kitts. You know, there's this rumour, maybe it's true because I think Eartha Kitt actually said it in her book. So it's not a rumour. It's actually Eartha's truth. But Eartha Kitts had a threesome with James Dean and one other white guy. I don't remember his name. Um, And I just think that that is so my energy. (laughs) Have I had a threesome before? Technically, no. I say technically, no, because... Again, what I would consider sexual activity is different to what a lot of people would consider sexual activity. So when I, what I would consider a threesome, I mean, okay, look, in terms of layman's terms, have I had a threesome? Not yet. But in terms of experiencing sexual activity of more than one man, yes, I have. And the instance I'm, descri- I'm talking about is one time at band camp. No, I'm joking. So the instance I'm going to tell you is basically... One guy was kissing, as usual, he's always someone kissing my feet. One guy was kissing my feet, right? This shit felt like I was in a movie. I was like, ah, I could get used to this. So one guy was kissing my feet. This is like one of the dominatrix events I usually go to. One guy was kissing my feet, but my feet were in my, I was wearing my heels, I think. But he had one shoe off. So he was, he was massaging one foot and holding, holding the other heeled foot, high heel wearing foot. And then, Another guy saw what was happening and he came to me and he was like, hello, goddess, can I please give you a shoulder massage? And I was like, yeah, I guess. (laughs) I was like, yes, you can. And so one guy was like massaging my shoulders and like rubbing my arms. And then the other guy is rubbing my feet. And then another guy came up to me and he was like, this is so beautiful. And it was a black guy. A black guy came up to me and it was two, obviously he saw two white men um, adoring me. And this black guy comes up to me and he's like, this is, this is what, this is what you deserve. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> um, that's my version of a threesome. Obviously, like, would I, would I engage in an actual, like, sexual threesome? My, the, the, for me, the brief that would be set would be that, like, this is all about me. So I think it would be with two guys. And they would both be following my orders, if you know what I mean. Anyway, where I was going with this is 
Why you got to limit yourself to the one? Why you got to limit yourself to thinking that like only one man is the one for you? Because that's how men are able to control you. Because they will convince you that they are the one for you because they've love bombed you with the words, the treatment, the gifts, the presence, the time. And then when they start to pull away and shake you like a snow globe, you hang around being like, we need to work on it because this could be the one and no one's going to understand me like this guy. Girl, what do you mean no one's ever going to understand me like him? Are you a fucking 12 tentacled jellyfish that lives at the bottom of the sea that people only see three times a year and they have no idea how you got here and scientists are scrambling to figure out how you exist? Like, you're a person. You're not that complicated in the grand scheme of things. You are very lovable. So the idea that like, oh, only one man is going to love me and understand me. That is a self-limiting belief. And that man benefits from you thinking that. Whereas if you held the belief of, you know what? I'm a lovable person and I will connect with many people in this lifetime who are meant for me. So whilst this connection was working for a while, it's clear that it's run its course. And I will now reopen myself to exploring more connections that benefit me. Have you ever tried that perspective? Because men will hurt your feelings on purpose just so they can control you. Because once a man knows he can ruin your day, that means he knows he can control you. I'm telling you, I've seen this happen around me time and time again. And me, and hmm, unless you ask me for my opinion, I'm not saying a word. Because you got to leave people to know why they don't want to feel a certain way in future. Sometimes just telling somebody the big bad wolf is over the hill, don't go over the hill because the big bad wolf is there. They're not gonna, they're not gonna listen in it. Sometimes they need to just get chomped small, small by that wolf, so that they will know to not even go anywhere near that hill again. And that, that, that's how I've gotten by in life. You know, I'm not someone who wants to put myself across as this person who is perfect and above disappointment no I've lived the same disappointment that women every day around me live the thing that's different about me is that I just I go about it differently I take the path less traveled instead of to be a pushover and to be ever forgiving and to let men continue to confuse me I cut them off on con on the first sign of contact with disappointment cut them off and I make them re-earn their forgiveness and you know what when a man puts effort into earning your forgiveness, whether that's in cash, whether that's through dire efforts, whatever that looks like for you, you will see that he'll value his relationship with you way more because he knows what it's like to lose you and he knows that it's costly to lose you. That's why you got to charge men money. When men confuse you, charge them. you got to confuse them back because when you now charge them and you distance yourself, they're now confused because they thought they had you. So now we're, now we're both confused. And for me, I don't feel a sense of uh, like scarcity or a fear of like, oh no, if I let this one go, what will I now do with my time? Because like, I've got bare things I can do with my time. Like I live a very fun life. I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm still working towards the life that I want for myself, but I can say right now, I love my life. I can decide to wake up in the middle of the day and go pole dance if I want to. I can decide to 
buy corsets and rhinestones and make the most beautiful costumes to dance in and undress myself in on a stage in front of people because I love it and I'm good at it. I, I'm passionate about what I do. I can come on this podcast and talk my shit and who's going to check me? <laughs> Nobody, because it's my podcast and I say what I like. And part of living a life that you love is having things that deeply matter to you outside of the pillars of success that we're all taught to aspire to. Like having family that you really love, having friends who matter to you, having things that fill your time up so that when you're confusing a man back, you're not. it's not feeling like it's this calculated robotic thing of like, I'm going to deliberately put my phone down for two hours and then I'm only going to contact him in two hours so he can feel my presence and my absence. No, no. If I'm ignoring a man back, the reality is I'm not quite literally ignoring him. I'm living my life and it happens to be that I'm not interacting with him anymore. Like I'm the time that I would have given to him, I filled that slot with other things to do. So I don't feel that sense of loss. I don't feel that consciousness of I am consciously, deliberately avoiding this man now. So I'm going to have to sit on my hands for the next two hours so that I don't reply to him so that he can think that I'm busy. How about just actually being busy? That's why I think women need to have hobbies outside of men. And always have more than one man you're talking to. And you know what? Even if you're not talking to another man... You need to reduce the value you put on male attention so that when a man comes into your life and he's giving you attention, you're not becoming addicted to it. You just see it as, oh, this is an appetizer that is really yummy, but I'm not going to become addicted to it because it's an appetizer that's really yummy and I can always get another one if I wanted to. Like, it's not that serious. Men are scared of you not putting them on a pedestal because they can't run their game. That's why men hate my podcast. Because the idea of a woman being so powerful that her self-esteem is high enough for a man to not have any governance over how she sees herself would render a man's game useless. And men get by on running game on you because they don't have the resources to actually be a gentleman. And you let that game slide every single day because you're desperate. So men need you to be desperate in order for them to know what a pussy feels like. Do you know how fucked up that is? There are men in this world who know what a pussy feels like because they're women that are desperate. You're forgetting that a man can't know what your pussy feels like without you letting him know what your pussy feels like. And this begins with access. When a man meets you and he's attracted to you, Nine times out of ten, he's imagined having sex with you. Now, you know me. I'm not offended by you having sexual fantasies about me. I'm very attractive. And I have Scorpio placements, so I know that I emit erotic energy. You're allowed to fantasize about me, but, you know, if you want to take that fantasy into reality, you, you, you can't afford it. So just keep that fantasy in your head. But if you decide you can't afford it, then, you know... Best of luck to you. May your advances prevail. I wish you the best. Let's hope you can impress me. Because I'm not really an easy person to impress. Like, you can entice me, but impress me is different. 
Entice means I've given you the opportunity to impress me. Like, I'm open to seeing what you're going to do. I've given you a bit of attention. The floor is now yours. Speak. So for me to now be impressed, that's a different conversation. And that's why I believe as a woman, the more control you have over yourself and your emotions, the less control a man can have over you. And you will not be the snow globe that they can pick up and shake. Because you don't even give them the opportunity in the first place. Because you have so much self-restraint and you have so much governance over your emotions that they don't know where to start with rattling you. And because you're not someone that's easily provoked and you know how to contain your feelings and release them in an environment that is safe and where you can actually have full room to explore your feelings, men can't get over on you. They can't get into your head because for a man to get into your pussy, he needs to get into your head. But if you don't allow him to get into your head, he cannot confuse you. He can only send you mixed signals and you can make your observations about those mixed signals. And based on those observations, you decide how you're going to move next. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Thank you for listening. And I wish you all the self-restraint in the world because you're going to need it if you're living on a planet where people fucking murder women. Take care. <laughs>